0: Oh, howdy partners! Thanks for saddling on up to the Multiplayer Gaming Podcast. You struck gold, I say. Now, now, don't get your chaps all bunched up. This here podcast is sure to be a great time, but if you're feeling downright generous with that gold you found, think about sharing it with these here game slingers over at MultiplayerSquad.com. They're a fine bunch of folk and sure would appreciate you for helping the show. Now giddy up and let's have a great time.
1: Hello, everyone! Happy Thursday, and welcome to the Multiplayer Gaming Podcast. We are a group of dads with a lifelong love of gaming, and if you are a fan of the show, please take a couple seconds to rate us five stars and leave a written review on Apple Podcasts. Also, if you want to help us keep releasing these three episodes weekly, please consider supporting us on Patreon, which is what covers the expenses of our show. Without your support, this show could not exist, and supporting... Also gives you some perks like unlocking bonus episodes. Head on over to MultiplayerSquad.com to sign up. This is a Twig episode where we break down this week in gaming by talking about recent gaming news. I am your host, Paul. And joining me, he's busy commanding the dead, relying on bone and blood spells to lay waste of the armies of Lilith. It's Michael.
2: Yes, that is me. That's <laughs> the the first character I ever played in Diablo 2 was a necromancer, and it's got a special place in my heart. I raise the dead. <laughs>
1: I love necromancers so much. I'm very excited to be talking about some Diablo 4 news in a little bit. Boom. And then joining us, he's the first Wastelander to make it to the Reckoning. He's in Junkertown wielding an axe in one hand and a gun in the other.
0: It's Josh. I was really disappointed when you <laughs> did not give me the Necromancer, but then the yeah. Wastelander was a good a, a good second place. I'll take it.
1: Yeah, yeah. We got some really cool new class info for Diablo and Overwatch 2. We have so much to talk about here today, guys. We just finished the Xbox and Bethesda Games Showcase. It is Sunday afternoon, and we all had a chance to partake. And thank goodness, because it was a very weak seven days of news until this showcase. So I'm glad we have some stuff to actually talk about.
2: It's almost like they knew that this was coming and everyone's like, we're saving our news for next week because this is going (laughs) to overshadow everything else.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the summer game showcase happened, you know, this is the time of year where we get a lot of game reveals, a lot of game news, a lot of updates for games that maybe we haven't heard about lately. And while there is a ton of stuff that has been revealed and shown and stuff like that, then we got the the really good stuff, finally, and I sat through <laughs> that whole Xbox and Bethesda showcase from minute one, waiting for the end of the show, which we're going to talk about here in a little bit, but it was worth the wait, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. See, some of us waited
1: till it was over and then cherry-picked yeah. <laughs> the parts that they wanted to watch. <laughs> All right. So the main three things that we wanted to talk about from the Xbox and Bethesda showcase are overwatch 2 diablo 4 and starfield where do you guys want to start
2: S- starfield the- <laughs> do it's we want to start the- with starfield greatest now let's save it. okay okay we'll save it we don't want to we when someone asks you do you want the good news or bad news first you always do the bad news first or do the insignificant news since the other stuff's not as important as starfield we'll save that for last <laughs> all right we'll so let's start maybe- with overwatch then
1: yeah let- let's do overwatch <laughs> 2 so we got a look at one of the new classes that'll be coming out in Overwatch 2. We already knew a bit about Sojourn. We had a chance to play her in the beta. And now we have some new information about the Wastelander. What'd you guys think about this new character?
0: I like, I was watching this video. It starts off with them just, you know, Overwatch characters and this kind of dramatic montage and You know, you're like, okay, cool. This is Overwatch 2. Are they going to show some of the PVE content? And then they they really didn't. It was a lot of kind of cinematic type stuff. Um, And you know, you could hear Ryan uh, instead of hammer down, he had like hammer strike. And you're like, oh, well, that's different. So you could tell that they were trying to flesh it out just a little bit. They were showing a little bit of combat gameplay. When lo and behold, there's this character on the screen that like spins this axe and charges forward through the other team, and you're like, "What? W- w- wait a minute! Like, what's this?" <laughs> <Who's> this? <laughs> and that's when it was like, "Oh wait! Oh, they're showing another one of the new characters." And so then it went back to the, you know the same old characters as before. They were showing you know the new Orissa and stuff like that. And then right at the end, again, they showed the new character with a shotgun, like you know capping somebody. And then spinning the axe thing again. And it was like, okay, they're definitely showing off this new character now. Um, and then they went into this really well done, like like Blizzard does, with some of the Overwatch lore, where they actually get into the full like cartoon cinematics. Like the yeah. character backstories, which I love those things, to be honest. And they started doing that. And that's when they showed, like, hey, this is the Wastelander aka the Junker Queen, mm. which if you're familiar with Junkertown, she's the voice that comes over the PA in Junker Town. So we're going to get to play as the Junker Queen. Sadly, they didn't go over any of her skills or anything, which I yeah. thought was a little bit of a letdown because I was yeah. like, well, I want to know what she does. Now, obviously, from the gameplay footage that we saw, which equated to maybe five seconds worth. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty right? much. Yeah. You see that she can spin her ax and charge forward and she has a shotgun. Uh, I, it looks like a shotgun anyway, in her other hand. And that's all we know.
1: We also see a little bit where I think this must be inspired by the Leviathan ax from God of War, because you do see a little bit of a clip where she has thrown her ax into a player and is dragging and pulling the player toward her. And then she hits him with the ax. So, uh, I think that is also a little bit about what we'll see from that character.
2: Which of course axe stole from Scorpion from Mortal Kombat, quite obviously. <laughs> get over here. Yes. So, you know, yeah, I was I was impressed and disappointed a little bit that we didn't get more because I was impressed with what I was seeing. Um, and I'm with Josh too. Sometimes I'll load up YouTube, people will make compilations of all the U- of all the uh, Overwatch lore and you can just watch all of those little cinematics back to back to back and just kind of create the story. And it was really interesting seeing that but the one thing that i got from the junker queen um the little cinematic we got was i want to see these other people too <laughs> are these characters can i can i plays like the there was the big dude like in the mech thing like yeah. i don't know kind of looked like a, like a junker town version of orisa or something like that you know but it was it was cool to see um i'm sure they'll release a lot more over the next few weeks now that everyone is talking about it is is wastelander australian
0: yeah, definitely. It seems is that like what it, it was? Yeah. I okay. feel like Junker Towns in Australia, and that's where Junkrat's from, and it looks like Mad Max ish in a way. So, which that's sure. got to be the Australian. That outback, is, right? Yeah.
2: And we'll find out later on. It's actually she's a New Zealander.
0: We're like Samsonite. Huh, we oh. were way off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the other thing too, I think the big the big kind of news from the Overwatch two thing was that they did say completely free to play. Now they they splash that up on the screen. And when they said free-to-play, they didn't say what was free-to-play. Right. So are they implying that Overwatch 2 PvP will be completely free-to-play? Or are they implying that they gave the the release date of October 4th for the early access period? So does that mean that you can play early access free-to-play? Like What's (laughs) free-to-play?
2: It's all going to be free-to-play. It's just the loot boxes will be twice as expensive now. That's fine with me,
0: because I don't buy any loot boxes. (laughs) Right? Yeah, It
2: was was very confusing,
1: because we've always been under the impression that it will be free for those who already own Overwatch 1. You'll get the Overwatch 2 PvP for free. So I don't know if that was supposed to be for a beta period or for pre-existing owners. I don't know. I I thought that was very confusing as well. Uh, Yeah, I I thought that Wastelander, watching the footage... At first, I kind of felt like she seemed like she was from a different game. It didn't feel very Overwatch to me, but I felt the same way about Hammond, and I very quickly came around on him, and he just feels like another one of the characters, so
0: I'm, I'm sure I'll get used to her. Just to confirm, it is going to be free-to-play. The PvP portion of Overwatch 2 confirmed by Blizzard will be a free-to-play model, and the early access period starts on October 4th.
2: Does that mean that ah. PvE is going to be what you're buying the game for? And yep. they still haven't shown us any of
0: that at all. What, they have not. Um, I'm a little concerned with free to play Overwatch 2 though, because does this mean we have to buy characters? You no. know, oh, like what like know. what is what I mean obviously with any free to play game, they have to have a monetization model. Right?
2: Yeah, and they can't just rely on the loot boxes because they already do that, and that's already successful for them, so they're going to want the people to buy the game for some reason, so what's the catch?
1: This is the Halo Infinite model. Give you the PvP for free in hopes that that'll pull you in, and you'll buy the single-player content, the, or the, single, the PvE content in this case. Or cosmetics. Yeah.
0: Or legendary cos- or skins. Or cosmetics, you, can't, yeah. you can't get legendary skins anymore. You have to buy them. yeah. Maybe I'm okay with that. Cause like I said, I could care less about cosmetics. So if that, that's the case, fine. <laughs> but if yeah, it's like, yeah. Hey, here's a new character. You can only get this character. If you pay us $10, that's going to suck.
1: Yeah. I, I can't imagine a world where overwatch will gatekeep a whole character unless you buy them. I, I, I really can't see that happening, but I think who knows
2: weirder things have PR, happened. Yeah. From a PR standpoint, I think that'd be a nightmare for them probably. Yeah. So it makes more sense for them to say we're charging for PVE. Again, we're we're just throwing spaghetti at the wall right now and seeing what sticks for ideas because we have no idea. But if they're charging for PVE, it it's got to be enough for them to be able to do that and make it, you know, because they're going to run the PNL models and stuff and say, hey, we'll make enough money off of this and it'll work. But we still haven't seen any of it.
1: Yeah, and no real indication that they can pull off PVE well, considering the best they ever did was Junkenstein's Junkenstein. Revenge, which is very limited in scope. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. All right, well, let's move on to Diablo 4. Uh, You know, in watching this footage, I was kind of confused. It looked so similar to Diablo Immortal. I was like, man, we have such good Diablo content right now. Why do we need any more? But they did come out and talk about what the fifth and final class will be. So we already knew there was going to be a barbarian, sorceress, rogue, and druid. We now have confirmed that the final class is indeed the Necromancer, which I think is one of the coolest classes available and anything that stuck out from this reveal in, in in the showcase?
2: Really just was anybody shocked by this? Of course it's going to be the Necromancer. It's Diablo. I'll
0: be honest. I haven't played Diablo in so long that I couldn't even remember all the classes. Uh, the last <laughs> one I played was the Demon Hunter, which was Diablo 3? I the, think, the last one, <laughs> yeah, that whatever, one, yeah. That and been, just so it's long been ago. a minute since I yeah. played that one. To be honest with you, I loved like how they introduced it because they really they again they started with a really neat cinematic with this necromancer raising somebody from the dead and then lopping off their head and then the head becomes magical later on as it's hanging from their belt and you're like ooh like this looks good. Um Biggest thing for me from the Diablo Four news was the open world nature yep. that Diablo Four is going to be. Like, at first, my very first initial reaction was, why does everything have to be open world now? But then it was like, oh, wait, this looks great. (laughs) Like, open world, because it's a shared open world. And what they showed from this was, you know, a, a little minor, hey, you're wandering around the open world and somebody's in trouble. And so you go and you fight a few monsters and you clean those up and then you get some loot from it. But then the really neat reveal on this was that there was a world boss like this gigantic ogre thing with a massive crate on the end of like a chain or a rope or something. And it was slamming around. And this was almost like a raid level event to where there was a lot of people fighting this world boss, which is that's super cool, in my opinion. So you take the action and the fun of Diablo, and you let me share that with more than just a few friends in a cooperative environment with with world bosses or something like that, like this seems like a really neat route to go.
2: Yeah, I, I, the, I, ugh, words again are very hard. I, I found that to be really cool. And, and they said a couple things during that reveal when you see the ogre swinging around. One thing they said is that it's going to be really easy to group up. And so in that, I'm thinking, okay, it's a, it's a big online world. Is it, is it a fully online, like an MMO? I don't, I don't know. I didn't get that from it. But like, is it one of those things like where you don't necessarily have to, have a guild or group up be in a pre-made group. If you go around and this event's happening and you're online, can you just see other players there and just join them or something like that? Because they did say it was going to be easy to group up, which was really nice. Um, the second thing that I took from it that I, I don't know why it made me so excited. I literally was in my living room watching on my TV. I threw my arms in the air. I was like, Whoa! was the fact that they're going to make it Cross platform and easy to cross platform because I played, I bought this game twice. I bought Diablo 3 on my PC and I bought it on my PlayStation because my friends played on both and I wanted to play with people all the time because it's a lot more fun to play with your friends. And I was like, this is great. That means I don't have to buy the game multiple times. But also, like, if I'm playing on my PlayStation 5, or PlayStation, I haven't gotten one yet. So Future State. I'm assuming by the time this game comes out, I've got a PS5. But if I'm playing on my console, because I've always played Diablo games on my console primarily, I can still play with Josh and Paul on their PCs, and it's going to be easy. And I that was the biggest reveal to me. And it's a stupid big reveal, but I was so happy about that.
1: Yeah, I really liked also the fact that they talked about how your actions have an impact on the Perpetual World. So there are different strongholds that you have to clear out. And they said when you clear them, they might turn into a friendly town or it might reveal itself as another dungeon that everybody could then run. So I thought all that stuff was very neat. And then on the PvP side, they did mention that if you're a big PvP player and you're winning most of your matches, that the game is going to mark you on the map as being like one of the champions. So then people are going to come hunt you because they know you have good loot. And Josh, if you remember, I'm pretty sure that's what was supposed to be in fallout 76. Weren't they the first ones?
0: Yep. Or yeah, it yeah was them, they had right? that big, I can't remember what they called that system, but it was like a bounty basically. Like if you were going around just ganking people, it would put like a flag on you that said, hey, this person is here. It would mark you on the map. And then everybody knew like, oh, let's go, let's go kill this guy. He's griefing people or, you know, he's just pwning noobs or whatever. But yeah, I really liked that idea as well. They I like that they showed off a little bit of everything. They showed off the open world, they showed off the cooperative nature, they showed off a lot of combat and skills. The graphics look great. I have not even seen Diablo Immortal yet, so I don't know if Paul was trolling with that or if he was actually being serious. <laughs> a <little bit> um, <coughs> to be honest. But you know, whereas I have zero interest in Diablo Immortal, I have a ton of interest in Diablo 4. And this showcase only really helped to make me even more excited because I didn't know that they were going with an open world nature. Uh, I didn't know if they were going to have you know communal PvP areas where it's like, hey, I want a PvP. Let me go into this area and fight some people. Um, you know, the skills, everything looks super crisp and good. You know, at that point, I think the necromancer class it was very well done in how they announced it. Um, and then the only other bit of news that we got is we didn't get an exact date, but we got a year, and at least that year is 2023 for Diablo 4. Now, here's the thing. Everything in the Xbox and Bethesda showcase, they said from the very beginning were all games that were going to be playable within 12 months of the showcase. So that means that we're getting Diablo 4 in the first half of 2023, if they're true to their word on that.
2: Which is craziness, because, you know, to make a promise like that, especially right now where everything's getting delayed, is pretty huge. But to Josh's point, the showcase for me was very well done because they didn't go deep into anything, but they gave you a lot to stew on. They they were high level on multiple things, and it was just like, you know, the gray words, grayish blue words would come across the screen be like open world and all this stuff. And it was like every single thing was like th- but wait, there's more, you know, and it was just it was really exciting. And by the end, I almost had goosebumps because I was so excited. Um, leads me to a question, though, what both of you guys hit on was PvP. Are either one of you guys really like big PvP, PvP
0: players in a game like this? Oh, Absolutely not. Oh, Michael. I, I never, never cared about PvP <laughs> oh, in Diablo. I love was- PvP, man. Give me a chance to wreck other people. And I will take that chance nine times out of 10.
2: So basically in this game, Josh will become a world boss because he's going to be marked on the map and people are going to constantly go and try and kill
0: him. (laughs) I mean, I don't, I'm not saying I'm going to be that good, but I will definitely try to (laughs) PvP people. I just, I love that aspect. It's like for me going up against another human and the strategy and the smarts and the skill involved is infinitely better than going up against like the ai of some npc monster thing so i really enjoy that aspect of pvp
1: yeah i'm totally with you in theory josh for me i don't generally like pvp in games that have that overhead view yeah. there are a couple occasions where i do enjoy it like battle right had that kind of perspective but for lost ark diablo v rising I'm much less into the PvP. I prefer my PvP to be more first person perspective, or at least like over the shoulder third person. That makes sense. Yeah. All right. Well, I think it's time to talk about the biggest news of the event. All right. We got to see Starfield gameplay, guys. Finally.
0: I was getting worried, man. (laughs) I was getting worried. I was like, and I think it was about halfway into this showcase. One of the guys, that was the other thing. Michael, you touched on it, that it was a very well done showcase. Because it was just game after game after game and there was very little of the talking. i right. gets, am I the only one that gets annoyed by the presenters getting up there and trying to hype up a game and then you know saying, Oh, like now let's check out the gameplay and then the gameplay is terrible. Like remember Todd Howard yeah. in Fallout seventy six and everybody went oh, like yeah. I mean what?
2: Yeah. <laughs> I mean I've been a salesman almost my entire career up until recently. And that's all I'm seeing is a salesman on a stage being like, "Here's what you like. Just stop talking. Show us
0: your stuff." Right, like, and we, that's what they did, d- yeah. which was yeah, great. they did. Yeah, yep. So I, you know, I liked that. We knew we were going to get Starfield gameplay. They said it earlier in the show. I was waiting. I watched the whole show. Paul was smart and just waited till the end and then just watched the actual right. clipped videos. <laughs> um, but you know. We knew it was coming, and when it finally showed up, it was like, This is the moment. We're finally going to see some Starfield gameplay. And I'm very curious because it started off with just showing a ship landing on a planet that looked fairly barren. There was like a research. It
2: it started off with showing Prometheus landing on the planet because I thought it looked just like Prometheus. Oh, yeah.
0: Prometheus. Um, and then, and then, you know, your, your guy gets out of the ship and then voila, we're into the gameplay aspect of it. What were your initial impressions from that?
2: My initial the impression. The
0: good or the bad first? I, this What what do <laughs> you tell me, Paul? <laughs> go, go ahead, Michael. What were you going to say?
2: I just, I thought the graphics looked really good was my initial impression, but go ahead, Paul. I think you've got something much more important or influential to say than my graphics rant. <laughs>
1: I gotta say, I think there's a lot to like, I think there's a lot to love, but this game did not seem finished to me. I thought the combat and the AI in particular seemed completely inept. When you see these pirates that just stand and don't do anything while they're getting mowed down by the character, and the fact that they died so easily, it had me a little bit worried about the combat side of things. I am far less concerned about the exploration and the outpost building and even the ship building, which I thought was super exciting. Yeah. I was really worried about the combat side and the 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 dog fighting as well. The dog fighting looked it looked pretty weak.
2: (laughs) Now do you feel like maybe you just have like I'm not calling you out on this because it's easy to do. Like maybe that your opinion is a little bit biased because we've had that negative news on that where we heard them say the combat is not finished, the space flight is, I think they said, abysmal or something like that, the guy that the whistleblower or whatever it was, the guy that broke his, his NDA? Or do you think that maybe this is just an early mock-up, they're showing you the graphics, showing you some gameplay, and they're still working on it, it'll be done?
1: I just think it's got a little bit more work to do than I thought it probably had. I think it's still that bun is still baking in the oven it's, it's not a, done
0: yeah there's a reason that they delayed it into 2023 at this point which is good news right like i think we're we're all agree that them delaying the game to finish the polish on it is good there was a recent article where todd howard came out and said hey Starfield is basically done. Like You can play this game from from beginning to end all the way through, but they're spending these next however many months um, polishing everything, which is good. And I'm with you, Paul, because there was a few moments during the gameplay where I thought that the gunplay looked weak. The AI was terrible. There's one part where the guy shoots a pirate. Now, these pirates are only level two. You can actually see their number and their health bar. And he shoots a pirate. It's only level two. So we're assuming that this is very early in the game. And then the pirate that's standing next to the guy that's getting shot is turned around, does not move (laughs) at all. And your player shoots him in the back lights him up and he dies in a second and that was one of those moments where i was like shouldn't that guy have turned around while his buddy's getting mowed down like wait a minute so- like this is
1: the best gameplay they yeah. could show right. us like there's right. not a better take yeah
2: right uh, um and then the, maybe you it's know, just from the tutorial or something like that you know like we're hoping like that's a tutorial here's how to shoot someone and the other guy here's how to shoot someone in the back who's not looking
0: at you <laughs> Yeah, I mean they did show your character crouch and stuff like that and and you know the the environments and everything look really great. Where 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 I think that this demo shined was giving you an overall perspective of what this game is going to entail because they kind of cut back to Todd Howard and he says, "Hey, um, I don't remember the name. Was it not the 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 coalition or something? What was the name of the the oh, main constellation? Group? The constellation. There you go. They're like, so you're going to interact with Constellation, which is this galaxy wide group of people. And you, you know, here's their home world, and you go to their home city. And It looks like this massive sprawling city, and that's like okay, this is really neat. Apparently, you're going to spend a lot of time there, and then you're talking to the people. They kind of say, "Hey, this is your overarching quest." Uh, and then it takes you back into the stars and things like that. That's where they show off a little bit of the dog fighting because they say, yes, you do get to actually fly your spaceship. So everybody's kind of waiting for that reveal. Right. Um, I didn't find that super impressive. But the fact that they have all of these systems where you do have space flight, you're going to have space combat, you have landing on planets, you have foot combat, first person combat, you have exploration, you have characters, and it is, boy, is it easy to tell when you have a Bethesda character interaction, because it's like that person and their face right in front of you taking up the middle of your screen, yep. you know, their their dead eyes are staring right at you because it's <laughs> like, you know, we can't get eyes right in gaming for some reason. Right.
2: Eyes and teeth. What's up with that?
0: Yeah. Um, So, you know, all that was very, very Bethesda-ish. One thing I got very excited about, because we had talked about this, and I know Paul had mentioned this, was, you know, how big is this game? Are you going to be able to explore planets? The answer is yes. A resounding yes. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. 1,000 planets, in fact, they said you can travel
1: to. There's over 100 systems and over 1,000 planets to explore, which is very neat. You're going to be able to touch base on these planets. They said you can land in the major cities or anywhere you want on that planet. And we all know the things that make games like Morrowind and Oblivion and Skyrim fantastic is all of the side content that you can find in the world. Yep. Now, when you're trying world to program... The alive. Yeah, it, it seems alive. Now, trying to program that for a thousand planets, hopefully they're not biting off more they can chew. I hope that it's not largely barren wasteland. You know, hopefully these things are inhabited and there's stuff to actually find. Um, but yeah, I I thought more than anything, this game is much more no man's sky. Then it is mass effect at least in this initial gameplay footage it seemed like the combat is there but it's far more focused on resource gathering exploration things of that nature and you do have a robot companion i don't know about you guys it definitely reminded me of tars from interstellar where it's got a oh, robotic it does. voice yeah, it, does. And yep. it talks yep. to you it's got, kind of got like a janky design where it's like it's you know asymmetrical or something yep, too yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, felt a little bit like Tars. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I don't know about you guys. I paused it to read all of the skill trees and all of the different background traits and things of that nature. I don't know if you guys looked a whole lot into that, but you do get a very robust character creation and you get to select different backgrounds. So some of the ones that you could see on the screen were bounty hunter, chef. Guess what? I'm going to pick combat medic, cyberneticist, gangster, pilgrim, professor. I thought that was really neat. And then once you select your background, you also get to pick a couple of different traits. And some of the ones that were listed were alien DNA, empath, neon street rat, introvert, unwanted hero, you know, stuff of that nature. And all of those let you customize your character where it's going to change how they interact in the world and how they interact with other people. And so that made me really excited.
2: Yeah, I, I'm, I'm really, I was excited about that stuff. I didn't really stew on it a whole lot. I just kind of took from it like this is some cool stuff, and you can, you know, uh, the idea of just so much customization kind of came in there, like picking different traits, picking different classes, and that kind of stuff. But you, you kind of hit on something a minute ago, and Josh did as well. That that is my one negative takeaway because I, I sat there. Of course, I'm starry eyed about this game. No pun intended with the, you know, the space stuff, but, um just looking at the whole thing, like the graphics look amazing. Ooh, combat. Ooh, space flight. Ooh, a thousand worlds, all that stuff. And then I sat there and thought about it. And if you're, if you're a game like this, and this is kind of to Paul's thing on not looking baked yet, the game doesn't look quite done yet is if you do one thing, you do one thing, you do it really well, right? If you try to do many things, you might not do many things well. You might do them somewhat average. And that's the uh, only thing that I'm Factory. kind of worried about. <laughs> so, Sorry. so Yeah, so henceforth, code name for this game is Cheesecake Factory. So because, you know, their cheesecake is really good, but they do lots <laughs> of is. other things, and they're all mediocre. But that's my whole thing that I'm really worried about in this game because I'm, I'm way too much looking forward to this, like big time. I'm a Bethesda fanboy, thick and thin, Uh, I bought every game immediately or pre-bought it except for Fallout 76 just because it was very PvP-based and I'm not a PvP player, especially in a shooter. Um, This one I will still probably buy immediately or pre-order if there's a pre-release, anything like that. But I am terrified that it's going to be uh mediocre jack of all trades and not really good at one thing like paul you brought up mass effect is really good at that single player narrative but they don't have you're not flying around in the normandy like fighting spaceships and stuff and going to a million different worlds you go to like seven different planets in mass effect one you know what i mean and that's just kind of my concern based on just what i was watching today again
1: and they didn't show us a lot about story either it was purely gameplay which i know is the focus but we still don't really know a whole lot outside of just the different factions
0: so there's not I, really a hook yet of what we're going to be doing. I think that this game is going to be massive, and I think that they're going to pull it off, to be honest with you. The reason I say that is, if you watched the trailer for the game, towards the end of it, they started flashing a whole bunch of different things. And at some point, you know, through your questing for Constellation, which is this big government entity or whatever you kind of get snippets that there's some discoveries happening and that you're helping humanity. And at one point your character is walking towards something that almost looks like a stargate or like an atom that's spinning around really fast. It's some kind of portal or alien machine or something like that. And I couldn't help, but remember them talking about those moments then mm-hmm. they try to bake into a game like leaving the vault and fall out. Right. And it's step like out moments. Right. And so for me, I have to wonder, are we exploring these planets? Are we doing this combat? Are we doing these quest lines? And then we're going to like uncover this alien technology and we're going to teleport through that. And that's one of those major step out moments because that would be insanely cool if they pull it off in the right way. And if there's one thing we know about Bethesda games, they have these huge worlds, but they populate them. Like, right. I mean, look at Skyrim and Oblivion and, and and Fallout and all of these games. The worlds are, are huge and they're filled with things. And so going off the beaten path is sometimes more rewarding than doing the main quest line a lot of times. And I feel like they can pull it off. If there's a developer that can, I would give Bethesda that chance to do that. And that's yeah, the agree. main thing. No man's sky, you know, fifteen gajillion planets, and there's nothing on them other than some cool-looking plants and maybe a weird creature. So it's like, what good is that? If you have a thousand planets that I can explore, but nothing for me to do, it doesn't matter at that point. But Bethesda, I feel like, knows how to put stuff out there and make it to where I don't land in the city. I land on the other side of the planet, and now I found something cool. That's my hope, anyway. Yeah, I have that same hope. In watching
1: this trailer, I did not get greatest game of all time vibes, but I also didn't get this game's gonna fail vibes. I kind of just felt like, okay, I can see we're not quite there. We've gotta tweak some things with optimization and things were a little, a little janky fluid.
0: still too. That was the yeah. other thing that jumped out to me is a lot of the animations felt like they were running at like thirty frames a second, where the rest of the game mm-hmm. was running at like sixty frames a second, and it was oh, a little yeah. jarring.
1: Yeah. Uh, the the last thing that I did like is that they did talk about the skill tree, and you will select abilities within the skill trees, and then by using those abilities, they will rank up over time and get stronger. And I've always loved that system of leveling up as opposed to just spending experience points. Let me get better as I get more practice. And to me, that has always just made the most sense, and it's the most like organic experience. So I thought that was a good sign, too.
2: Yeah. Like real life practical application. This is how it is. You know, you're not going to spend life experience points to become a better carpenter. You're going to practice carpentry and be better at it.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Go make a chair and then make a bed and make a table. And yeah, you're going to get better.
2: No, but I ate lots of food today. I'm going to spend my food eating points in carpentry. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. I I do think I will probably play a chef. They did show that you unlock more recipes. Cooking seems to be a part of it. If I get to fry up some, you know, alien life forms, I, I'm I'm all about. it. Or some it, so. fish
2: that you just caught, some alien <laughs> fish, Paul. We know you love yeah. fishing and games. <laughs> sure,
1: yeah, hundred percent. All right. Well, we are actually out of time for today. So if you guys want, you can go check out the Xbox and Bethesda game showcase. I know we had a blast. If nothing else, I would strongly recommend looking up the Starfield footage since this was a first look at what the game actually is. And we'll have a quick take episode on Saturday. And then on Monday, we will have uh is that one a bonus uh, round. A, a bonus round. Yeah, mm-hmm. that'll be a bonus round for you guys. Can't wait till we get to that one. And uh until then, happy gaming, everybody.
2: Thanks All for right. hanging out, guys. Cheers.
0: Yep. See you everybody.